Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity market by my colleague Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. Now, Petra, we're in the holiday season, but it's far from a holiday in the commodity markets at the moment, and things are particularly interesting as well around uh, carbon auctions, aren't they? They are indeed, Jeremy. We are facing the usual shortage of carbon auctions that tends to occur every year around the holiday season in August. Good news for carbon prices is that from next week, Europe should see already increased number of auctions. So we should be returning to the usual five auctions per week. We are still currently at a level at around two or three auctions. So the potential is that next week with higher carbon auction activity, prices could get under very much needed pressure. Indeed, and of course, carbon's topical for a number of reasons, and not least, you know, the week when we're recording this, we've just seen the sixth assessment report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and their predictions uh, for what might happen in the century ahead. Who knows what's going to happen in terms of international action, but uh, the chances are that it's only going to strengthen the, the hand of those in Europe who want to see robust carbon pricing here and extended elsewhere, isn't it? So, you know, the, the pressures on the carbon market are not going to go away, I think. In longer term, definitely not. The Fit for 55 document clearly uh, stated that there will be further cuts in terms of number of EUA certificates, especially from 2024 onwards. So longer term, the expectation is that the carbon prices would be raising. What, of course, we can't rule out at the moment either is that carbon is likely to continue on a very bullish note due to lower wind generation in Europe, supported gas prices, and as we discussed a few moments ago, currently the limited uh, number of auctions. Indeed. And that relationship to gas is quite complicated, or at least it seems so to me, maybe less so to you. The relationship between carbon prices and gas prices and and how that works, particularly in relation to power generation and demand for gas and so on. So what's been happening there? I mean, gas prices have been pretty robust, to put it mildly as well, haven't they? So longer term, the market is very closely looking at the level of gas storage facilities. Um, some market participants are more bullish than, than others. Some look at only a shorter terms view when, yes, we are seeing gas storage facilities uh, significantly lower comparing to 2019 and 2020 levels. If we look longer term, 60% cover that we're looking at at the moment is not something that we haven't seen on a five or six years average. So if we were to take a five years average into consideration gas storage facilities are somewhere around 90 percent cover it's not only this of course that uh, pushes the gas prices up at the moment market is also quite cautious because of the continuous and ongoing rally in lng prices in asia due to the ongoing rally in that particular region europe is not getting as much lng as we would like to see at this time of the year and with gas storage facilities this low. At the moment, what we can see on the schedule is uh, one or two cargoes potentially docking in the UK and two cargoes respectively for both uh, Belgium and Netherlands. 
indeed. And we've talked in the past about the influence of the Nord Stream 2 pipelining, which will be relevant next year, we hope, if the flows start to come into, into Western Europe. And there are some marvellous conspiracy theories out there about manipulation of the gas markets and, and Russia's interest and so on. But it strikes me that the uh, Asian LNG demand is at least as important, if not the dominant factor, pulling up prices in Europe. But would you tend to agree with that? Uh, and if so, are we likely to see a, a moderating in that demand or is it always set for high growth there for some time? Historically, Asian spot prices didn't have such an impact on European uh, gas prices. So European gas prices were historically more correlated to the physical flows from Russia and from Norway. So to some extent, the, the impact of the rally in Asia on European gas prices is a little bit concerning in terms of how much we can explain this type of new correlation. Speaking of uh, physical flows, this is something that I believe has, uh, and at least in the short term, view way more important uh, impact on prices. We were just looking at some outages in Norway and in Russia and the very fast few days that were very, very volatile and very supportive were a result of actual outages on physical pipelines, which, as I said, were historically and in my opinion will be the main driver for European gas prices. Indeed, hugely important uh, to note their effect on an admittedly tight market at the moment, even if uh, to some extent uh, the marginal price is being influenced by events in, in the Asian market. So it sounds like from what you're saying that the situation is uh, perhaps not as scary as some might say in terms of storage levels, but uh, some potential risks ahead of the winter still, I guess, to some degree. Of course, there are still risks. If some of these outages persist longer, we might get into a tighter situation. What is something that could potentially uh, put some or bring some bearish momentum is, as you mentioned, uh, Nord Stream 2. Very recent information states that the second pipeline is now nearly completed. So the market is, in my opinion, uh, expecting a sort of confirmation or announcement that also that Nord Stream 2 is ready for commissioning that would have some bearish impact on pricing. Well, that's certainly one, one to watch in the period ahead. And turning now to a, perhaps a more conventional commodity, oil, how are things behaving there? Presumably that's much more you know, affected by truly international events and uh, the extent to which countries are coming out of, or indeed in one or two cases, back into the COVID crisis. Is that right? Yes, it is. Oil actually performed more in line with fundamentals over the past few weeks. Of course, we're seeing some extra supply coming from OPEC and OPEC Plus uh, that did already created some bearish momentum a few weeks ago. But very recently, due to the spike in Delta variant cases in China, some further restrictions on traveling were imposed. This, of course, means that the demand will be impacted and uh, some major oil producing countries are already slightly changing their short term forecast due to expectation that uh, this is not going to be a short term issue, especially in China. The interesting thing here is that if this was to spread into a bigger scale into other Asian countries, especially, the expectation is that demand could be also hit in terms of demand for LNG. This would mean that prices would go down. The long-awaited correction in Asian LNG prices would come and Europe would get more LNG, especially from the US. At the moment, most, if not all, of the US cargoes are directed to Asia. Of course, if the demand would be impacted, the tendency would change. 
Well, it would be perverse to hope for problems on the COVID front in other parts of the world. But equally, I think, you know, Europe could do with a bit of a relief from high gas prices, as indeed could Asia. So we'll see what the net effect of all of that is. And of course, you know, if you combine gas and carbon pricing in Europe, it it tells you something about where the power market's been heading, doesn't it? Um, Particularly when there have been periods this summer of low wind. So we've had pretty high wholesale prices right across Europe, haven't we? European power prices, especially uh, in the spot market, is currently very comfortably hovering around 100 euros per megawatt hour. This is especially due to the lower wind generation, which is also likely to remain with us for next few weeks. In terms of futures, and maybe just to pick um, Germany in particular, German forward prices for front year, so calendar 22, managed to breach 80 euros per megawatt hour and also due to lower wind generation, supported carbon prices and very supported gas prices, the correction would have to be strong for us to see prices reverting to previous lows. Indeed. And it's a rather sort of sanitary lesson for Europe, which is becoming much more dependent on wind power, which is fantastic when it's generating and has the potential to lower wholesale prices at that time. But at other times, um, you know, particularly when gas prices are high and carbon prices too, it can be quite an expensive thing keeping the lights on in a secure way in the meantime, can't it? And I think, uh, you know, some questions there for the sustainability of uh, European energy policy, having a balance in the mix and making sure there's some secure dispatchable supply is going to be pretty important if power prices are to be kept at an affordable level, I think. It will. Various countries are at the moment starting to get worried, especially about the German phase-out at the end of this year, where significant amount of coal uh, and nuclear generation especially is going offline. In my opinion, this only underlines the need for physical gas plant pipelines into Europe and the long-awaited Nord Stream 2 commissioning. Well, indeed, as we've observed before, gas is in a sense part of a renewable strategy in terms of uh, balancing the system. We're going to need it for some time to come. So thank you for that overview, Petra. Very interesting. Clearly, some uh, you know high prices are going to be with us for a while yet. It'll be interesting to see if, if there's any abatement in those uh, costs uh, in the weeks ahead. I hope you found that interesting too. If you'd like to find out more, have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And do join us again for a podcast soon. 